Fly ball onto the track. At the wall. It's gone. Home run. Turns on a ball. Deep right field. And gone. What a game. What a moment. What is up, my friends? Welcome to Flippin' Bats, where there is a lot of news to break down today that has happened over the last week. We got some big MLB dates announced for this next season, which I'm excited for and excited to talk about. Uh, we got Marcus Stroman signing. We got some Dylan Cease news. Shota Imanaga signed. I'm wearing his jersey when I went to Japan last year. Went to a Bay Stars game. Got an Imanaga jersey, and now That's he's great. playing for the Chicago Cubs. That's pretty cool. The Cubs also made a big trade with the Dodgers. That is, uh, it was surprising at the time. Uh, still, it's, it was a big move, I think. We'll break down that. Uh, you know I love me my Detroit Tigers, but sometimes they frustrate the hell out of me. And they did that again this week. We'll talk about that. Top 50 players rolls on. Some fan questions at the end. But Alex, this is going to be a fun show. It is. How are you holding up, by the way? Hey, it was a bit bad. bad. Uh, we're, we're talking about uh, his Cowboys, because Ben's a Cowboys fan. Mm -hmm. and, and, yeah, just not a good performance. You're, you're more excited for baseball season now correct. than you've ever been during the offseason. Correct. That is absolutely correct. <laughs> uh, I have a big, uh, couple big, big updates for you. Big news. Okay. One, this week, I'm playing Augusta. What? Yeah. How did you get that? <laughs> Are you going with your brother? Uh, yeah, he'll be there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so I'm, <laughs> I'm playing Augusta. Okay. All right. Number two, this might be even bigger. Okay. Today, I had my first ever Starbucks coffee. Ever. You had caffeine? Yeah. Well, uh, uh, uh. Before, before I judge, what was the order? I had an Americano with a topper of soy milk. Oh, you went hard. There it is. There's a photo of me and my cute little cup. Let me of let me coffee. just explain this, you guys. Ben goes, "Oh, I've never had coffee before. I don't have caffeine." I was like, "I've seen you drink espresso martinis." Well, he goes, that doesn't count. I was like, "That is a coffee I do. with alcohol." I do love a good espresso but, martini. But I am extremely proud of you. Thank Welcome you. Welcome to the Caffeine Club. Yeah. Now I'm gonna have you try all my yerba mates and like all of the other I don't stuff know. that I get. I yes, don't know. This is a hard launch. This is a hard launch into your caffeine intake, and I'm really proud of you. But is it really that? Like, look how small the cup is. That's what—that's <laughs> all you have. And Americanos espressos with a little water. That's no, you I could drink. get a whole. You could get a whole. You don't need that much. Well, this was a great launching pad for you. Thank you. Um, I'm impressed that Elizabeth get you to yeah. do this. Uh, so this is not my first cup of coffee, but I did start dabbling in the coffee world. <laughs> Um, with Elizabeth, yep. and now we're here yep. with my first I'm ever. I'm impressed. Give her a high five. My first from ever cup me. from Starbucks. Yeah, yeah, That's great. Yeah, so she took the picture too. Photo yeah. cred. I know. So I'm in the Good coffee guys. world, Alex. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. Thank it's you. a great world to be in. It is. Uh, you know what? We're getting close to though. What? Spring training is just around the corner, and Dodgers and Padres are going to be opening up spring training on Thursday, February 22nd. Yeah. So they. Honestly, all pitchers and catchers report in almost like a month, which yeah. is crazy. But the Dodgers and Padres are going to play. Uh, they open up spring training February 22nd. The reason is because they're actually going to Seoul, South Korea to yep. start the season. So they play. Uh, I'm sure you have that date as well. Yep. But they, they, their start to the season is in South Korea actually about a week before regular opening day. So that's why those two teams are playing in spring training. Early. Which is crazy. And then there's also a special inaugural spring breakout scheduled for Thursday, March 14th through Sunday, March 17th. 
this year. We've talked about that before on the show, why this is so special. Yeah, I'm excited for this just because of all the prospects that get to be a part of it. Yeah. The top 25 prospects from every team. It's going to get together from every organization. going to get together, play each other. Uh, I think that's really cool. You get to see the likes of the Jackson Holidays, the mm -hmm. Paul Skeens out on the mound. Uh, I think it's a better way. I always think that baseball has struggled a bit with being able to get fans into prospects and young up-and-comers because of how long it can take players to get through the minor leagues. If you got, I've said this before. If you get drafted in the NBA or the NFL in the first round, you're – your, your favorite team that drafted that player, you're going to see him next year. In baseball, it can take years. Yeah. So getting them in front of people, on your TV screen, letting people know who they are, I think it's great for the sport. So it's a cool. perfect showcase of young talent for fans to be able to build a connection yeah. with you guys. As you mentioned, you hear their name, and then you don't hear it for another couple of years, and you kind of lose interest. But now this is a great way to keep reminding fans, hey, keep an eye on this guy coming yep. up through the system. Exactly. All right. Then we got opening day. Coming up Thursday, March 28th. Now, this will be a traditional opening day featuring all 30 major league clubs. It will take place, as I mentioned, Thursday, March 28th, which will be fun. But you did kind of tease this, why the Dodgers and the Padres are playing their spring training game so much earlier. They're actually going to start their season a little before that. What is that? What's that date? When's that's first March 20th and 21st in Seoul. Okay. So it's, yeah, about a week before the start of the regular season. I wonder what they're going to do for travel. Like I like first class, obviously laying gonna, down sleeping. Obviously you're going to get back the second that last game ends. You're going to get yes. on a plane, come back and then you have traditional opening day back in the US on the 28th. But like how early are they going to get there? I wonder. Yeah. Cuz you don't have February 22nd is their first game here. They're yeah. playing a regular season game on March 20th. Yeah. And then you want to get there early so your body can adjust. Yep. So, like, what? Oh, what like, how, how, like, how many days before they are they going to get over there? Okay, that's what you meant. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't following. No, on the way back, saying. they're going to, the last out's going to happen. They're going to get on a plane and come back. It's hard to adjust. Yeah. Like, you've been, you went to Japan. I've been yeah. to China. I've been to Bali. Like, when you're like on that side of the world, your body is like, I have a trick to adjusting, and I don't suggest it. It's just something that happens. I can't sleep on planes. I can't do it. I took a, whatever it was, 12, 13-hour flight back oh, from Japan. Oh, I thought you were going to say you took a sleeping pill. I was like, did you stay up and hallucinate? Nope, did not sleep a single second on the entire flight <laughs> to Tokyo or back from Tokyo. And then you get back, and I just stay awake until it's time to actually go to sleep. And then you hibernate. And then, and then you try and get back on schedule. You can sleep as long as you want, but yeah. then you're back. Yeah. That it's interesting to start the season that way. Yeah. It's very, for that's sure. going to be tough. For sure. That's going to be really tough. Okay, so as we mentioned, uh, Major League Baseball is continuing their world tour starting in Seoul. But then after that, you got Mexico City, April 27th and 28th. That's the Rockies and the Astros. Okay. And then the London series, which is on Fox, June 8th and 9th, Mets and Phillies. Okay. That's going to be big and fun. And it's, it's great to see, we kind of saw this in the World Baseball Classic, how big baseball is growing around the world. So I think it's really cool, smart, special. We've seen the NFL really do this the last five, six years, really start to immerse yeah. around the world. So baseball is such a big world game. It, it's fun and smart that they're doing this. Yeah. Man, the, the the Rockies thought the ball carries well at Coors Field. Just wait till they get down there <laughs> oh in, in Mexico. It's going to be a launching pad. Good God, I hope Justin doesn't have to start one of those games. Ah, what an ERA booster that is. Well, Yikes. in the wrong direction. I didn't even think ERA about that. ERA deflator. Uh-huh. Awful. Yeah. Well, it was, it's a fun watch, though. It's, it's going to be a fun watch. Yeah. All right, the next date we have is Rickwood Field, 
June 20th. Now, Ben, why is this, this is such cool. a special game? So they're playing at Rickwood Field on June 20th. It's the oldest professional ballpark in the United States. Mm. Uh, the former home of the Birmingham Black Barons of the Negro Leagues. And this will be the first regular season game ever played there. St. Louis Cardinals against the San Francisco Giants. Again, that's June 20th. Oldest professional ballpark in the United States, which is really cool. They're going to, I think Major League Baseball over the last few years really has done an incredible job uh, paying tribute to the Negro Leagues yeah. and uh, MLB The Show and Major League Baseball did that collab mm -hmm. in, in their recent game. And they're going to honor the greatest living player of the Negro Leagues, Birmingham native Willie Mays. Oh, which is really cool as awesome. well. So I, I don't that's know. That's going to be great. I really don't know what to expect from that game, uh, from the ballpark. I've never been to it, um, which so it would be cool if we end up there. That'd be yeah. really cool. But uh, I'm excited for that game a lot. So Giants and Cardinals are playing in that game on June 20th. On June 20th. And then July 16th, we're heading back to Dallas because the All-Star game is in Dallas. Cowboy hats, cowboy boots. I'm expecting a full Benjamin. Oh, you know. Yeah, yeah, Cowboy oh, Ben. I still got my boots. Yep. They're, they're ready. I've been wearing my hat regularly. Your cowboy hat? I've been adopting <laughs> the cowboy hat. I've been finding confidence. I wore it all during the holidays. I wore it Christmas. Cowgirl it. hat, I would say. Girls can be. Yeah. Cowgirl. Okay. You know? Sure. Right? Doesn't have to be a cowboy hat. You're Bring wearing it on. A cowgirl. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I like it, though. I'm loving it. It's like becoming a part of it. I do not wear mine often. <laughs> I love a good hat. All right. And then the final day of the regular season, guys, they've actually they've moved it up a bit. It's September 29th. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I don't know why, but I like it. Normally we were in the to the first week of October. Yeah, like October. The last couple of years. I think like October third or fourth. Second, third. Yeah, in that in that range is where it ended. Yeah. So bump it up and I imagine playoffs start a little sooner. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe. But that's fun. A lot of big dates, a lot to get excited for. We are about, as you mentioned, like a month away from pitchers and catchers reporting to spring training. Like, yep. oh, once you get to like NFL playoffs, you're like, baseball's almost here. I send the same tweet out every year. The second the Super Bowl ends, yeah. it's baseball season. It is. Every year. Yeah. Creature habit, you know? It is. Well, before we get to some player news, we also have some team news here. That's yeah. pretty cool. Starting with the Braves, who extended their president of baseball operations through 2031. I feel Alex Anthopoulos got extended through 2031. I feel the Braves did to their GM what they do to their players. Yeah. You, you like a guy, you sign him long term. Look, Anthopoulos has done such a good job for the Atlanta Braves and putting together a team. And honestly, you know, you, you look at teams in the way they set up and, and say, well, why doesn't every team do what the Braves are doing? Yeah. And, you know, finding their guys young and paying them long term. Well, it doesn't always work out like it has. Oh, it's a risk. Brave. So it's a huge, I, yes, partially a risk, but that's where Anthopolis has done such a good job from scouting to believing in the, the right guys to not being afraid to let a Freddie Freeman go out the door and bring yeah. in a guy like a Matt Olson for far less than, you know, every move has been calculated. Every young player that has come along that he wants to sign long-term, he has for seemingly good deals, great steals. Mm -hmm. um, so I really like the Braves locking him up and, and getting him through 2031. Matt Olson said, I think we all like what he has been building and hopefully continue to have success. What I would add to that is regular season success doesn't matter. You want to have that success in the playoffs. And yep. over the last 
a uh, couple of years, the Braves have done the same thing every year, which is lose to the Phillies in the first round of the playoffs. So yeah. that needs to improve, but the GM has put together a team that is really, yeah, really an good. An excellent team. Yeah. And then we got some positive news about the Marlins. They hire the second ever female farm director. Yeah, this is cool. So Rachel Balkovic was the first ever female manager in professional baseball mm -hmm. in the New York Yankees organization. And kind of shot up through the organization doing some different things. And uh, she was a strength and conditioning coordinator at a point, then was a manager. And now the, Meyer, the, the Marlins hired her as their director of player development, which is a massive, massive job. I'm, when I was in the Tigers organization, the director of player development is the, when I was there, was a, a guy named Dave Owen. He's, it's the guy walking around and now the girl walking around that you're like, oh, I got to be. I gotta She's be on deciding. My shit. She's I gotta, deciding yeah. if you're ready to go up. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. I mean, that, That's big. that decision comes from obviously a, a lot of different people within the organization, but she is now. She's the one with her finger on the pulse with yep. controlling a lot of guys' careers. And this is a, a big job for her mm -hmm. and uh, really cool. So, first ever female manager now has this job, second ever in this title. The, the Astros hired the first ever female farm director. Now, Rachel Balkovic gets a job for the Miami Marlins. Good for them, good for her. She's been, from everything I've heard, yeah. she, she's really, really good at everything she's done so far. So Love uh, the Marlins need help. <laughs> the Marlins yeah, minor do. league system uh, needs some help. So hopefully she can, she can be that help. Because remember, the start of the Marlins offseason didn't go so well in the front office. So this is, yeah, and neither, they, needed, they needed to make some moves. Neither has their offseason, period. No. Which has been a terrible offseason. So yeah. this was one positive. This was one positive. Well, let's get to some free agent signings because the Cubs finally made a move signing Shota Imanaga to four years, $53 million. This is, this was just something. Yeah. The Cubs needed to do something. something. Anything. So they get Imanaga four years, $53 million. Now there are uh, club options and the contract is, uh, again, Contracts have been very creative this offseason. Yeah. The contract is, again, a very creative one. He could make upwards near $80 million when all is said and done. But that's if the options kick in and all of that stuff. But four years, $53 million. Cubs get a big piece for the rotation. Now, I am wearing a Shota Imanaga jersey. I've seen him pitch in person. I watched him pitch in the World Baseball Classic. Let me tell you a little bit about this guy. One, left-handed pitcher. Don't expect a guy throwing 100 miles an hour. Uh, but the guy knows how to pitch. Mm -hmm. So I think if you're a Cubs fan, I personally think we're talking a, a middle of a rotation good arm. Okay. I don't think he's going to be like an ace of a staff over the course of his career in the big leagues, but I think he is going to be a very good and serviceable starter for the Cubs for now. Who knows where his career takes him? But, man, he gained a a huge fan in me. Well, I am wearing his jersey, so you know I'm a huge it fan. <laughs> but even bigger at his Cubs press conference when he opened it up by by chanting, hey, Chicago, what do you say? The Cubs are going to win today in English. Aww. Their chant, yeah. their song. It was so cool to see him. I, I'm a big fan. I loved watching him pitch in person. I heard a lot about him. I wanted to get his jersey. He's been dominant. The guy knows how to pitch. He's like an artist out on the mound. He can paint the corners. He's got good off-speed stuff. I'm excited to watch him pitch in the big leagues and uh, to see how he's going to do. But good for the Cubs, finally making moves. Yeah. Their GM, Jed Hoyer, did come out and say, uh, if 
if we're talking terms of a nine-inning game, our offseason is currently in about inning four or five, okay. is what he said. So All right. They, they got a late start, <laughs> but apparently they're off and running now. A little bit of a late start, but they weren't just done with that one signing because then they went on and made a trade with the Dodgers. Yeah, this was this was a big this trade, a big and one. it doesn't have this big household name involved in it. But I I do think it will. And there's a couple names in here that I think could be big household names. Uh, One, the Cubs get Michael Bush and Yancy Almonte from the Dodgers. Yeah. Michael Bush was the number two prospect for the Dodgers. And we've seen him in the big leagues. um, But he's the big get here Mm -hmm. for the Cubs. Michael Bush, who I believe is going to step in and, and be their starting third baseman this season. The Dodgers get Jackson Ferris, who is the Cubs' number eight prospect, and Zaheer Hope in the trade back. So the big get here is Michael Bush. I like him a lot. Left-handed hitter, has a lot of pop. I think he's the perfect fit for that Cubs lineup. I think, look, he just got squeezed out of of the Dodgers organization. There's no space. Uh, He's a big prospect. Might as well flip him over. I think he's going he's gonna to get that chance he finally deserves for the Cubs, which what I mean by that is a chance to play yeah. every day. He's not getting that with, with the Dodgers and that organization. He was great in AAA. He's one of the best players in minor league baseball in AAA. But every time he come up, comes up to the big leagues, it's like, well, what? where are you going to play him? Yeah. You got Max Muncy over at third. Mookie's going to play second base this year. Yeah. Like the infield's, the infield's spoken for. Yeah. So – they flip him over, and the other big get in this trade is Jackson Ferris. Big-time pitcher, big-time velo for the Cubs in the minor leagues. Left-handed guy, big. is a perfect – if you go out and watch scouts talk baseball, all you end up hearing about is guys' bodies, right? It's all body type. Yeah, He's guy. got the best body type you <laughs> could want as a pitcher. He's a big guy, left-handed pitcher, tall Throws mid, uh, you know, mid nineties right now. He is the big piece here in return. So, not the huge household name, like I said, but Michael Bush is going to be in the starting lineup for the Cubs this year, yeah. and Jackson Ferris is going to be in the minor leagues for the Dodgers. But uh, just stacking up that farm system. So, big trade. Cubby's making moves. I do like this. I like this for the Cubs and the immediate. In, in the here and now. And I was going to say, who won this trade? Right. I, I think there's a chance that both teams could end up feeling good An about equally this. Good I say trade. right now, I, I like what the Cubs did. Okay. Uh, specifically, look, prospects are suspects until they can prove it in the big leagues, right? Okay. So you, you get a guy in Jackson Ferris that you feel really good about, but how good is he going to be? What What does his future hold? I don't know. So I like it because I like Michael Bush a lot, and I think that helps the Cubs a lot uh, this this season. I really do. All right. Well, let's move on to the Yankees because they made some more moves. Signing right-handed pitcher Marcus Stroman. Former Cubby. Yeah. Uh, two years, $37 million. The Yankees uh, made a big rotation move. I yeah. Look, yeah. I, I like Marcus Stroman a lot, and I, I think uh, there was talks of – Blake Snell and Yankees fans wanted Snell because yeah. he's still out there. Well, of course, of course you want Blake Snell. But hear me out. I feel like we are not crediting enough Carlos Rodon and what he brings to that rotation. Mm. And the Yankees got him last year. And what happened? He was hurt all year long from spring training until the end of the year. And then when he does come back, and, and this is where I feel like I get frustrated. And 
when we're talking Carlos Rodon, now you have a rotation of Garrett Cole, Carlos Rodon, Marcus Stroman. To me, that's great. Yeah. And I know there are injury concerns with Carlos Rodon. I get it. But I, I sent out a tweet about this saying how much I like that one, two, three in a rotation. And it's met with, well, Rodon last year wasn't good when he was healthy. And let me tell you why that pisses me off. Because you have a guy that's been out all year long, and then you come back without a spring training, and a, a minor league rehab start or two does not simulate a spring training, and you're basically playing catch-up for, I mean, he came back late in the year, so it felt like he was playing catch-up all year long. I mean, look at, my brother started the year with an injury last year, and then he went on some minor league rehab starts, and then comes back and is still not near himself for a for a while, really until you know his last few starts with the Mets were really good and he was good with the with the Astros, but it takes a while. Oh yeah. So I think Carlos Rodon's gonna come into this season healthy. I think he's gonna have a great year. I think Yankees fans are gonna be very pleased. And then you add Marcus Stroman, which brings you such good depth to a rotation. I love a rotation of Garrett Cole. Carlos Rodon, Marcus Stroman. I think this was the exact move they needed to make. Of course, you would want a Blake Snell in your rotation, but I really like the Yankees' rotation with the addition of Marcus Stroman. I like the attitude he's going to bring to the Yankees. I like the drama that is already there because of tweets he sent out a couple years ago, basically bad-mouthing Yankees and Yankees fans. And now he's a Yankee. And all the fans remember. All those tweets are all those tweets still exist. You They've can got still receipts. Find them. Fans are pulling up the receipts. They got receipts. So he he's gonna bring he his A game and, and start number one. Yeah. But now uh now we get to see him in, in the Yankee pen strikes. So I like their rotation. That's great. Uh their additions this year, their big ones are Marcus Stroman and Juan Soto. And if you remember, this was last year, Stroman struck out Juan Soto and did the shuffle. Yep. Now uh Soto actually said, now we can shuffle together. So That's cute. We'll see. I, I like the move. Yeah, I like the no, move a lot. Yankees needed to make a couple big moves, and they did that this offseason. Yes. Okay. One more. Giants signed right-handed pitcher Jordan Hicks. Yeah. So this one's interesting to me because he signs for four years, $44 million. Jordan Hicks has been a pretty nasty reliever over the course of the last few years, but he signed as a starter. He will get a chance to start for the Giants. I like, look, okay. the Giants, it feels like for the last, I don't know, few years have been just begging, begging somebody to sign there. They begged Aaron Judge to yep. sign and ended up with Arson Judge for a few hours. And then that ended up not being the case. And then Carlos Correa. And then they were in on Shohei. And it just constantly feels like the Giants aren't able to get that guy. Yeah. Well, this is not that guy. This is a guy that isn't, it's going to be an experiment. You're taking a, yeah. a reliever that throws upwards of 100, can throw 100 to 103 miles an hour, and you're turning him into a starter. We often see that go the opposite way, right? A starter that throws absolute fuego, and then you move him into the bullpen in like a closer role. Well, it almost felt like you kept hearing Yankees and Astros were in heavy on Jordan Hicks, and then it all makes sense. They didn't want him as a starter. The yeah. Giants were willing to take that risk. They did it. I don't know how. I, I don't know how he's going to do as a starter. Uh, I don't know if I like the risk of four years and forty-four million. But um, we'll see how he does as a starter. The Giants needed need rotation help, and they got it. You know, good for Jordan. Good for Jordan. Good yeah. for Jordan. You know, in these moments, you're like, good agent, good move. Guys, I throw a hundred, and I would like to start. Yep. Okay. Okay. Here you Here's go. Here's forty-four million dollars.
All right, let's move on to some arbitration news because Juan Soto officially broke Otani's record for the largest arbitration contract with $31 million. Worth it? Yeah, the, he, yeah. Soto's going to make $31 million this year. I think that, um, one, I think that screams to the value that the Angels were getting with Shohei last year uh, at $30 million. Yeah. You're getting two all-star players in one. Soto's yep. now, and, and yes, absolutely worth it. I love Juan Soto. I, I would like to see him change his approach a little bit with the Yankees, just in terms of being a little more aggressive. Walks are great, right? Like, walks are good. They raise the batting average. They raise your OPS. And before people start yelling at me, I know walks don't, don't ex exactly raise a batting average, but spent a long time in the minor leagues, career minor leaguer, that batting average could have been higher. Should have walked more, but I was striking out too much. Walks raise the batting average. If you can get a couple walks on the book every week, batting average naturally goes higher because you're because you have a better eye at the plate. You're getting better pitches to hit. You're not chasing stuff, and and that's just the way. Also that, leads to runs. Also leads you're to runs base. scored. But when yeah. it comes to Juan Soto, I think he is so uniquely talented in terms of an eye at the plate, in terms of power, in terms of being able to hit for average, in terms of being able to go the other way. I think the Yankees lineup needs Juan Soto to swing the bat. Yeah. They don't, I don't want to see him walk as much. I, I know he's always going to have a good eye. I know he's always going to get his walks, but be aggressive, get in that lineup, hit back to back with Aaron Judge, and earn that $31 million. I do believe he is. I do believe he will. I would not be surprised if Juan Soto wins the American League MVP this year. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see him get back to that, just that all star hitter that we saw, yeah. you know, his time in San Diego wasn't great. And I think it kind of made people forget how great of a player, how great of a hitter he can be. Yeah. So I'm hoping this big stage with a big guy like Aaron judge and this new chance on the East coast again, to, to really get things going. Yeah. Works out for him. Yep. All right. Let's move on to Dylan Cease and the white Sox agree to a one year, $8 million deal to avoid arbitration. But do you expect him to actually stay with the White Sox, or will he be on the move? This feels like a steal for me. Dylan Cease, oh, $8 million dollars a year? It's an insane deal. Jordan Hicks is, ne is a, trying to start, and he's making $11 million a year uh -huh. for the Giants. Dylan Cease is like an ace of a staff kind of guy, a great number two if he, goes, if he goes somewhere. So to answer your question, does he go somewhere? My gut at this point in the offseason is telling me no. My gut is telling me he's going to stay with the White Sox. But oh. if I'm the White Sox, the, the, the question becomes why? Yeah. Like, trade him and get something. But then the answer to the why becomes, well, it's the White Sox. Of course they're doing something dumb. <laughs> so, look, why go through? If you, if you want the guy, sign him to your long-term deal. Yeah. If you don't, don't get to the arbitration process or then sign him for a one-year deal. Like, no. Trade him. Get your prospects. There's a report out there that the the Dodgers wanted to trade for him and then flip him for some prospects to another organization. And it almost feels like at this point, like, yeah, somebody just go get him and yeah. do the right trading for what the White Sox should be doing. Go get him and then and then flip him around if you want to. Uh, my gut says he stays. My gut says he's pitching for the White Sox this year on opening day. That makes me sad for him. Okay. You know what else makes me sad? What? your Tigers and Casey Mize arbitration situation because they are heading to arbitration over $25,000. So 
A lot of people might not know the ins and outs of arbitration and these hearings and all of that, but we've heard over the last few days, and there was a lot of arbitration news this week because the deadline came. And what you hear is so-and-so requested this, the team requested this, and then if they can't settle and come to an agreement, then you go to an arbitration hearing. Now, oftentimes, you know, like you'll see players file at, let's say 10 million and the team will come in at 7.5 million yeah. and then you try and find a middle ground and and then hopefully you can and there are a lot of teams that just don't want to go to an arbitration hearing and the reasoning is because they are so messy yeah. they are an absolute mess you walk into that hearing with people from your organization and that and lawyers Ugh. and you just get absolutely bashed Ugh. bashed i remember a story from Sean Casey was talking about this. He was with the, the Reds. And he said, yeah, I was, you know, was, went to arbitration hearing and was standing outside the courtroom and, and talking to friends from the organization. And we were all buddy-buddy. And then we go in there and they're like, this guy sucks. He can't hit. He can't run. Why, why would we ever pay him this much? And he's like, it was so emotional. It was awful. And that's, what the, that's why these hearings, you try and avoid them at all costs. And now here we are. We have Casey Mize, a former first pick for the Detroit Tigers, and they have decided to go to a hearing with him. Yikes. And why this is so infuriating is because Casey Mize requested $840,000 for the season. The Tigers requested $815,000. So now they're going to an arbitration hearing to trash Casey Mize over $25,000. That is not a way to run an organization and to show people that you care about them. And look, if we're talking millions of dollars difference, I get it. But this is just a despicable situation, in my opinion. It's ridiculous. For this organization to be run by billionaires, by a, a, billionaire, a billionaire family, for it to go to arbitration over $25,000 is ridiculous to me. It's just ridiculous. It's frustrating to, to, to care so much about the Detroit Tigers organization. And look, I understand Casey Mize, and there's injury concerns, and there's a couple Tommy Johns now, and how's he going to be? Well, we're talking the difference of $25,000. He's a guy that you invested a lot in. He's a former first pick for you. And now, to me, it's not worth the $25,000 to go into a hearing and to show a player in your organization that you hope becomes a big part of your rotation that, look, it just wasn't worth it to us. We didn't care enough about you and your mentality and your emotions and your well-being to not take you to our hearing over $25,000. It's frustrating, and to me, it speaks volumes to the current state of the Detroit Tigers organization. It's frustrating. It also just feels, just like hearing the stories that you shared of former players going through this, that it ruins relationships that can't be mended. Yeah. Once you hear those things as a human being, it doesn't matter. Yes, this is a business. Yes, you understand going into this, you're going to be fighting against each other. But when you hear very like specific things about you and your game and your work, you can't unhear those. Yep. You can't come back from that. I just can't fathom. You can't come back I, look, from that. I get the whole process, and I, I get it. If we're talking the difference of a few million dollars or 10 million compared to 5 million and you can't find a middle ground, I get it. Yeah. We're talking $25,000. Like a penny for these billions. What are we doing? Yeah, it's nothing. I can't fathom it. And I get yeah. so frustrated. Yeah. God. <sighs> Deep breath.
Yeah. That's the end of our arbitration talk. Yeah, good. <laughs> Get out of here. I'm done with it. So let's go to our uh, top 50 players. We are now on to top 20. 20 through 16 we are going through today. Yep. So let's get started with number 20, heart and soul of the Guardians, Jose Ramirez. Yeah, Jose Ramirez is probably one of the most underrated players in the game of baseball. Uh, has gotten a little more love, I think, over the last few years, but didn't have the best year. Uh, we didn't have a typical Jose Ramirez year last year, but still a really, really good year. 282, 36 doubles, 24 homers, stole 28 bags. He's a great combination of a third baseman that can hit for a lot of power, that can run really well, that can hit for a high average. Jose Ramirez, one of the best players in the game of baseball. I think he's better than those numbers he put up last year. I expect a big year. That's why he is at number 20 on this list of top 50 players. All right, number 19, he helped the Rangers turn their franchise around this season. World Series champ, Marcus Simeon. World Series champ, and it was a massive part of them getting into the playoffs. Remember, the end of the year for the Rangers was weird, an, an absolute roller coaster. Yeah. But he ended up hitting 29 homers on the year, hit 276, 100 RBIs. Great player. Love Marcus Simeon. Love watching him play. Struggled in the playoffs a bit and then kind of figured it out and started hitting some balls hard. And uh, again, the, the Rangers don't win the World Series last year without yeah. Marcus Simeon. I think he's in for another big year. Number 18, your 2023 home run and RBI leader, Matt Olson. Yes, Matt Olson. Uh, what a fun year watching him. Uh, just absolute bash balls off the chop house out there in Atlanta. Uh, I think we're in for another. Look, I, that was a career year for Matt Olson. I think we are in for another really high homer total. Is he going to get to 54 again? I don't know. Probably not. But I think we're. Can look, hope. Matt Olson's going to hit a lot of homers. 283 last year with 54 homers is insanity. What a great year. Mm -hmm. He comes in at number 18 on my list for top 50 players for the 2024 season. At number 17 is teammate Austin Riley. Yeah, I got the teammates back-to-back, -back, the, the hot corners. The yep. first base, third base, got them both back-to-back -back here in the top 50. Uh, Austin Riley comes in at number 17. I like Austin Riley a lot. A friend of the podcast as well. Really good dude. Really fun baseball player. I think he just gets I, he gets better and better and better at his craft every year. Uh, that, that goes for both offensively and defensively. Hit 281 last year with 37 homers. He's one of the best third basemen in the game of baseball. Braves have locked him up long term. Another one of those deals for the Braves that you just applaud them for being able to get it done yeah. and lock up a player when you know how good he's going to be. 32 doubles as well last year. Uh, love me some Austin Riley. He's in number 17. Number 16, the NL Rookie of the Year, helped his team get to the World Series, MVPCC, Corbin Carroll. Number 16 wow. on my list That's big. for next year. Yeah. Um, as you know, going into last year, was very high on him. Uh -huh. uh, obviously picked him to win NL Rookie of the Year. Worked out pretty well. Uh, came up with the nickname MVPCC last year. By the way, Corbin Carroll in his first full season got MVP votes. Absolutely an MVP in this guy's future. Will it be in the 2024 season? I don't know. But I do expect him to take another step in, in the right direction. And if you just look at his numbers yeah. from last year, he's just such a combination of really, really good speed, power, 
uh, drives runs in, plays a great defense as well. I, I just think Corbin Carroll is due for a year even better than what he did last year. And that's a year that he went 285 with 54 stolen bases and 25 homers. So already in the 25-25 club. Uh, I made that one up. 2020 club, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> He's he's in the 2632 He is club your son, well. so make up whatever you want, you proud dad. <laughs> uh, 30 doubles, 10 triples. <laughs> I am really excited for the year that Corbin Carroll is going to have. MVP coming in his future, big 2024 coming. And that's why I have Corbin Carroll at number wow. 16 on that's my high. list. So starting out the top 20 with 20 through 16, and it goes Jose Ramirez, Marcus Simeon, Matt Olson, Austin Riley, and Corbin Carroll. Meaning, next episode, Alex, we're going to be to the top 15. Oh, you can count. I can. Good job. Sometimes. Sometimes. It helps when it's right in front of you. That too. That yeah. too. All right, let's wrap uh, today's show up with some fan questions. Okay. Um, obviously, we're right in the middle of NFL playoffs. We've been watching some crazy cold games. Like, freezer should not be outside games. So I think this question is inspired by that this comes from seth green what is the coldest game you've ever played in ben and alex what's the coldest game you've ever been to so i can't tell you exact temperature okay. but i there are a couple games that come to mind one so i played college ball at old dominion in virginia and it's the, chilly the college baseball season always starts in february Ooh. well february in virginia Freezing. is cold and Old Dominion is near Virginia Beach, so it's, like, close to the water. There's always heavy wind. So it's it's known in February and March as Cold Dominion. Played okay. in some really cold games. There was always one game, the first series of the year, that we would get snowed out from. Always. And then professionally, there was a game in um, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, that I remember it was snowing for. I played in a couple snow games. One was in Dayton, Ohio. We played the Dayton Dragons. And it was snowing, and we played that game. Played in the snow. Not easy to hit a baseball when there's a lot of white things coming. It's just a lot going on. Um, now, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, I remember a game. It was so cold. I hit a ball, and wood, wood bats is really tough hitting. I hit a ball, and I couldn't feel, I couldn't feel my hand. I, I didn't know I made contact. I knew, like, I, I heard it. So I knew it went somewhere, but it, it, I didn't feel it on my hand, so I just felt like it was a foul ball. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I felt, I, I saw the fielders run. I, it ended up being a triple. I had a triple, couldn't feel it, was thrilled down the right field line. Uh, but I, I don't know the exact temperature there, but I've played in a lot of snow games, and it's just really, really hard as a hitter yeah. on your hands. Brutal. So the coldest, I, I would call it an event um, I ever covered, was in St. Paul. It was negative 10 outside. And we showed up a day early to do the walkthrough of the course. It's crashed ice for Red Bull Signature Series. And I'm a beach girl. I grew up in L.A. Had never been to that cold of weather in my life. I forgot gloves. I forgot a beanie. I walk off the bus like the, that took you there. And it was like my whole body just froze. My nose hairs froze. I felt like my eyeballs froze. I like, couldn't talk. And my producer looks at me. She goes, do you have gloves? Do you have a beanie? I was like, no, I don't have anything. I am so not prepared for this. Thankfully, like, they helped me out. Then, like, we got a bunch of warm gear that day because then I was on the sidelines for five hours the next day in yeah. negative 10. It's like your body doesn't function. Like, you have to practice, like, <laughs> hi, 
I'm Alex. <laughs> you have to do like mouth exercises to be able to talk properly. It is, it is insane. I was feeling so hard for all those players in Kansas City and fans. Did you see all the viral videos of them taking um, beers and waters out of the freezer? And then within seconds, yeah, yeah, they yeah. were freezing? Yeah. That's not fair. I, I was wondering, I overheard you before the show say negative 10, and I was wondering what it could have been because there's no way in hell a baseball game is being played no. at negative 10. Well, maybe, definitely no way in hell. Rumor has yeah. it's pretty warm there. Uh, but negative 10, I, no way baseball game is being played in that. So I was like, what? No, no, what no. Was it was crashed ice. So it was like a winter sport. It's like hockey meets like speed skating. <laughs> It, it's a it's a Red Bull signature series event. Okay. I traveled all over the world for it. Uh, St. Paul was definitely the coldest. I was in Netherlands. I was in Quebec. I was in okay. Switzerland. Like, but St. Paul was by far the coldest out of all of them. All right. Good Insane. question. Good yeah. question. Fun times. All right. We got one more question here right. from Dylan. Did the Cardinals do enough this offseason, um, roster and front office, to bounce back from their worst season in decades? And who will win the NL Central? <laughs> the name is Drunk, Drunk Tony LaRusso. La Drunk, yeah. La Drunk LaRusso. Thank Drunk you for the La question. That's a great question. Um, look, I, I, I might be in the minority here. I'm going to say yes. What? Uh, I, I think their offense will. I think their offense will be good enough. And I think, look, they they completely revamped the rotation, and it is an older. It's an old rotation, but. God, did they need help in the pitching rotation? You go out and add one Sonny Gray, who was an was a Cy Young caliber guy last year. That's how good he was. You go out, you get him. Yeah, Lance Lynn can certainly eat up some innings for you. I, look, did they do enough to bounce back from their worst season in decades? That answer is yes. Okay. They will certainly be better than last year. They are the current favorites to win the NL Central. I don't know really? if really. Yeah, I don't know if I'd pick them to win this. Over Central. Milwaukee or the Cubs? Cincinnati? I mean, they had a nice, like, run with all the young guys. Like, they might be able to pull it off. Yeah, Cincinnati's, like, Cincinnati over Cincinnati should probably be so a top fave. They're not even top two, or I think it's it's Cardinals. Um, I believe it's Cardinals, Brewers, Cubs, Reds. Whoa. Pirates. Whoa. I'm high. I think the Reds could have a I think the Reds could have a good year. A secret sneaky season. Didn't anybody learn watching all like the young they are fun. The young rookies? They are fun. Uh so That's yes, they did enough to bounce back from their worst season in decades. I they needed they needed pitching desperately. The offense will yeah. be good. Um I, I just I don't know if they'll win the central, but they will be a lot better. Okay. That's all we got. I'm uh I'm off to Augusta. Oh my gosh. Play some golf. Like now. <gasps> Is it your first time there, by the way? I've never even been, and now I get to play. That's so sick. Insane. Like, that is really hard to do and get. Thank your brother. Big time for that. Yes. That's a big thank you. Yes, it'll be it'll be fun. I will talk all about it our next uh, next show. Are you allowed? There's no phones, right? Are you allowed to have phones out there? So I know during, during the tournament, there's no no phones or anything. I I, I imagine the phone. Who's going to be good. with you? Who's your who's your group? I don't I don't know about it. Okay. But it'll be. I'll talk all about it. Okay, next. fine, fine. All, Leave us wanting details. more. Leave us waiting wanting more. Fine. Uh, but I'll let you know how it goes. Either really good, really bad, but there will be a lot of fun to be <laughs> had. So uh, thank you all for listening. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to your podcast. Apple, Spotify. You can watch everything on Spotify now as well. 
Also on YouTube, you can watch everything. We're also on all social media as well, so check us out everywhere. But until next time, my friends, this has been another episode of Flipping Bats. Remember, find your bat and flip it. Aww.